Donna and I are going to share a little bit of our experience um, just to give you some idea of what we were doing there and, and, and what we learned. So, um, as you know, we went there to um, learn how to uh, mission, how to do mission work, how to disciple the people, and how to uh, get out and uh, share the gospel with, with people. And a little bit intimidating um, to all of us. Every one of us uh, were a little bit um, um, intimidated intimidated by by the whole thought of uh, going and, and meeting with strangers and, and sharing. Um, it's easier to talk with people you know, obviously, than it is to to start these types of discussions with strangers. We know how important this message is, and that's, that's on our hearts at the same time. So um, we started the very first day, um, jumped right into uh, training, and uh, he took us through some of his... Um, initial training and, and um, gave us some tools on how to share the word to people that may never have even heard of the Bible and, uh, and the gospel story and, and uh, so we had to share it in a way that they could understand it and, and uh, we'll talk more about that but going into that um, training was very helpful for us and, and at the end of um, I don't know was it an hour maybe an hour and a half of training um, we did a prayer and asked God to um, for to do His work in in the hearts of those that we were going out to see and prepare them to hear the message. And um, we didn't realize at the time just what that was doing to those folks. But um, so we jumped right into the mission work, and uh, I'll let Donna talk a little bit about that. Brett said, go ahead and let's get together and we're going out into the field. We can't take anything with us. No cheat sheets, no nothing. So here we go. We're going to door to door. We got into a neighborhood and we have to go in and we have to knock on a door. Yeah, hearts were pounding just like they are right now. <laughs> and just hoping, kind of hoping, well, maybe somebody won't answer that door. <laughs> but... When they did answer the door, it was like a relief. We just went to them and we just asked them, we would like to say a prayer. We're in the neighborhood. We would like to say a prayer for you. And it's so amazing that, not really amazing, but they declined. A lot of them did. They didn't want even a prayer from us. And then there was those doors that we knocked on, and they said, yeah, we would love a prayer. And yeah, we went right out and filled them and touched their hearts and prayed for them and then um, knock on a few more doors or maybe a no maybe a yes and then there was one that finally he answered his door and we asked them if we could pray for him and he said yes and then um, it was Chris and we asked him if he would like to hear God's story and he said he would love to hear God's story and uh Chris's story isn't done yet, so we can't share anymore because there's follow-up to do with him, but um, they're going to carry on that that with him, so um, we'll hear as, as as that goes, I'm sure. So, um, But one uh, final thing that I wanted to share was that final night, Friday night, um, we did the uh, church service with a group of ladies. I don't know if 
you haven't talked any of that yet. I'm thinking of our Sunday school class. We talked a little bit about that, but um, they were doing uh, they were doing a small group session, and um, the way they do it, we individually um, talk to each other and learn about each other and hear each other's testimony and. And that's just a piece of the service, obviously, because we, we do a complete service at the small groups. But um, the lady that was hosting um, was the one that I um, worked with. And when she gave me her story, it kind of uh, brought this all full circle because she came from her broken home. And she actually was in a relationship with somebody that that relationship didn't work out, but they had a couple of kids. So she was part of a broken home now. And her kids were in daycare, and one of the daycare workers was a Christian. And she uh, talked with the daycare worker about um, the gospel a little bit, and that planted the seed. And that got um, Erica was her name. That got Erica thinking, "There's something missing. Something in my life isn't working right, and, and I think I need to pray for this." And what she did was she prayed to God for some some uh, godly people to come into her life and, and share more of this uh, message with her. And she said a month later is when she met Brett and Patty, and now she's actually um, leading one of these home churches. That's, that's the power of, of what they do out there, and that's the power of God. asked uh, Donna and Kurt to be our vocal ones because I said, uh, Tracy, Becky, and I, uh, if we get going, we won't ever stop. And uh, so um, they did a great job of explaining uh, what's going on out in California. And the other reason why I wasn't officially sharing with a group up here is because I've got a whole sermon to share with you this morning of what God is doing, not just out in San Francisco, but what God is doing through his word. And I think that's what we probably learn more than anything else is it wasn't that you have to go far away to share the gospel with someone, uh, but that God's word is the same uh, out west as it is in the Midwest, and the same as it is in the east, the same as it is to our missionaries scattered all over the world. God's word does not change. A couple of other pictures I'll show you. This is uh, the the last night when we went to this church. Um, Brett currently is the pastor of... Um, I think all three churches that they have that are meeting right now, um, they're hosted by different individuals. This one was hosted uh, by Erica. Um, and so uh, she's the one there uh, next to Kurt on the right-hand side closest to the TV. This was her uh, apartment. Uh, and so we met. There were uh, four ladies there that meet regularly. This church happens to be uh, all women. And, uh, <clears throat> and so um, Brett is their pastor and he leads them, but they, they do church a little bit differently. They break it up and get everyone serving in some capacity. So there'll be someone who leads the, the first third of the service and helps lead the music and, and a time of, of sharing uh, with each other. Uh, the next third, there was uh, a woman that's sitting on the couch there in the, the black shirt there next to Becky. Um, she kind of read scripture and and again, all, all uh, of the, the people in the church kind of participated in talking. It's very different from our traditional one person gets up there and, and tells you what the Word of God says, which, by the way, I love because I love talking, right? But 
This was a more conversational, uh, let's read a passage of scripture, ask a few questions, um, and, and, uh, and Brett was there as the pastor to kind of guide that conversation uh, to, uh, to the truths of God's word. Uh, and then there was uh, someone else who led the last third of it where, um, and I think this particular evening Brett just did this, where uh, they practiced sharing the gospel with each other. Uh, practice sharing stories of God's word together so that they would be ready to share that with others. Uh, and so now uh, this is just one of the, the three churches they have. Uh, we weren't able to go to one of them. The third church is, is uh, I guess, not a, a church. It's more of a Bible study at this point. They encourage them to plug into a church elsewhere because it's not organized quite as well as the other two. Uh, and that particular Bible study uh, wasn't able to happen this week um, with Grace. She had some other things that were, were going on. Uh, but then we also got to go to uh, maybe my highlight of the week. The guys uh, all went to uh, Church of the King. And you can't tell from this picture here uh, because it's just a group of smiling people. But this was a house specifically set up for, uh, for special needs uh, people. Uh, so uh, everyone except for our team in this, in this picture lives in this house, um, has some sort of special need, autistic or some other uh, need, um, and they worship together. Um, I, I do want to share with you just a little bit of the testimony uh, of why I say the power of God is so important and why it works and moves through um, not just people out west, not just people who look and think a certain way, but the power of God works through everyone. Um, right there on the, the right-hand side next to Tracy is a guy named CJ. Uh, CJ um, has some difficulty in, uh, in thinking things through. Now, he was in an accident um, several years ago, but, but he was uh, having some difficulty developmentally even before that. Um, and so he, he doesn't talk a lot. Uh, but he does talk. Uh, and he was, uh, after his accident and got out of rehab, he said, I was talking and I was asking God, just send me someone to know you. And what do you know? Uh, Brett's wife, Patty, and another uh, young man, Zach, met him on the street and shared the gospel with him. Now, he was so excited in his simple understanding of what the gospel is. And let me tell you, they use children's stories at this home, and that's about their level of understanding. He was so excited that, that he put his faith and trust in Christ, obediently was baptized, and was so excited that he went back to his home, and that big guy in the middle with the green Oakland jersey, he had to tell his brother at the home. And so CJ, simple-minded CJ, you know, the gospel isn't just for missionaries. I'm a little tired this morning, if you can't tell. This is a church that meets now in this house. A church that, that gives of tithes and offerings. A church that has practiced a few baptisms now with CJ and with, with Reuben, those who are able to comprehend. Uh, a church that uh, is ministering to the house father. Uh, John is not in this picture. He's not a believer. Uh, but you know what? He's starting to talk more about God because of the influence. These are things that we learned in San Francisco that weren't new to us. It's not like we went and found a new technique. Instead, we opened the word of God and said, what does God call us to do? And you know, it is kind of a shame that for so many of us, we have to fly 2,000 miles away to, to, be, to be under the realization that God's word and his simple gospel message changes lives. 
And so this morning, I, I, I want to I have you turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Uh, and as you turn there, we're going to uh, be talking about sharing our faith. What it means to share the gospel and evangelize other individuals. And I want to begin this morning by uh, maybe sharing the need of the gospel in our own area. Now, we went all the way to San Francisco and we heard all the numbers about 8 million people in the nine counties surrounding the Bay Area. 8 million people, of which somewhere around 7.5 million of them are lost, and a large majority of them have never even heard the name Jesus. You ask them to pray when you, when you go and introduce yourself, and they look at you like, what is that? What do you mean pray? And you have to almost like give them examples. Well, if, if you've got something that you're struggling with in your life, we can talk to God about that. You can. Uh, it's just simple things that, that we don't even realize. And, and all of that was eye-opening. But you know what? That, those are exciting numbers to talk about here and the need out west. But let's think about Robinson, Illinois for just a minute. There's just over 7,000 people in Robinson, Illinois. And I'm going to do some, some quick math that, that we've got figured here. And these are not accurate numbers, okay? These are for example numbers, all right? This is not in-depth research. But there are somewhere around 40 churches in Robinson, Illinois, or in Crawford County, okay? Somewhere around 40 churches in Crawford County. And if we have 40 churches that, that national average of a church is less than 50 people, but let's bump it up and pretend like we're extra-religious in Robinson, Illinois, and there's 50 people on average that attend each church. Now, some are much larger, some are much smaller, but that's a good average. Okay, If there are 50 people, that's 2,000 people on a Sunday morning that are sitting in church in our county. Now, you can do the quick math. Right? If there are 2,000 people sitting in church this morning, how many of those 7,000 are not sitting in church? 5,000 people. 5,000 people. And, and that's not even factoring in the, the true reality that not everyone who goes to church is a Christian, right? There's a lot of people who go to church because, uh, well, their, their family members go to church. There's a lot of people who go to church because, well, it's just kind of what they've always done. And there's a lot of people that go to church because they think that's what saves them. So we can confidently say there are more than 5,000 people in Robinson, Illinois, that need to hear the gospel message. That's a lot of people. We like to think that everybody has a church somewhere. We're just north of the Bible Belt. We're not that far removed. And really, southern Illinois kind of has a, a taste of the Bible Belt still, where, where there's kind of a connection with a church somewhere. But if we think about 5,000 people in Robinson, Illinois, who need to profess faith in Christ. We have a God-sized task in front of us. There's a team of five of us that went out and, and learned a strategy for evangelism. Now, we went around and knocked on doors, and that works great in, in the Bay Area because there's so many people. Uh, you, you get out there and you meet so many people. Uh, I, I'll say my heart is being changed to knocking on doors, even in Crawford County, but let me tell you why that is. The... The return rate was not great knocking on doors. I had a picture up there. We would write on the board after we went out how many people we prayed with, how many people we, we were able to share the gospel with, and how many people um, you know, were, were uh, ready to receive the gospel. 
And as you go through those numbers, you talk to this many people, they would let you pray this many people, only these few people would, would actually let you share the gospel, and we didn't have any that accepted Christ right on the spot the whole time we were there. Several that were open, but none who just did. The, the return rate's pretty low. If you're running a business based on knocking on doors, um, it would not go over really well. But, but can I tell you what I, I found knocking on doors did? It, it was almost as if Okay, the Holy Spirit can work and lead someone to Christ, but you know what it did? It gave me more confidence in the practice of sharing my faith. Our missionary put it this way. He said, knocking on doors is really plan B. Right? That, that's what we do to get ready for plan A. That way we, we're comfortable sharing the gospel and talking so that we can reach that quote-unquote high yield rate of the people we know. And so we made a list. These are our family members that need Christ. These are our our friends and our co-workers and, and, and our neighbors who need Christ. This is your mission field. And the reason why we knock on doors, the reason why, why it's good to, to get out is, is not necessarily because thousands of people to come to, are going to come to Christ, but because you're ready and you're practiced and you're comfortable. I would encourage you, practice sharing your faith. If you knock on doors, knock on doors, that's great. Or if you sit down with your husband or your wife and you just say, can we talk to each other and, and, and see how we might interact if we were to talk to a lost person? And so we see 5,000 individuals that need to hear the gospel. And the question is, what are we going to do? What is a strategy to reach 5,000 people? Is there a strategy? Can you buy a book that would tell you how to win the loss? And I've got great news for you. There is a book that tells you how to reach the lost. It's a big, thick one. And it's full of strategies on sharing your faith. This morning, we're going to read Mark chapter 4. We're also going to be in Luke 10 for one verse here a little later on, but uh, primarily in Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at how Jesus describes the kingdom of God when it comes to evangelism. Mark chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 26 and read through verse 29. And he, that is Jesus, said, The kingdom of God is as, as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. This particular parable that Jesus is telling, this the kingdom of God is like, kind of loses its power in a, not its power, it's the word of God, but loses its understanding in a big city like San Francisco, or if you go up to Chicago, where, where agriculture is not really prevalent. But can I say, in, in Robinson, Illinois, in Crawford County, Illinois, we can understand this analogy, this parable of scattering seed and waiting for it to grow. And so I want to look this morning at this parable that Jesus tells about evangelism, this strategy that he gives. And there's really three emphasis we want to have this morning. There's a whole lot more, but let's just start with the basics. If we're going to be sharing our faith, the very first thing we must be doing is scattering the seed. The first strategy is just to share the gospel. Now, does this sound crazy or what? What's the best way to get the gospel out there? Scatter it. Tell people, right? And this word scatter is, 
is an intentional word. It's not plant the seed, it's scatter the seed. The emphasis is you don't know what soil is going to receive that seed and not. And so you go out and you throw the seed to whoever will listen to it. We have a habit of, of organizing things. I, I'm becoming more and more an organizer. I blame my wife for this. She's extremely organized and extremely together, and she's rubbing off on me, and I like for things to line up and look nice and be pretty, right? And so we have this tendency of outlining in our mind, these are the people who need the gospel, and these are the people who probably wouldn't listen to me anyways, right? I'll emphasize on praying for these and not for others. In the story, we, we read that Jesus tells in verse 24, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter the seeds on the ground. Just throw it out to anyone who would receive it. Not dig down and, and do trenches and, and okay, these are the, the rows I want to have and it look nice. Can I ask you, are you ever guilty of sharing your faith or just sharing about Christianity with people who look and think like you? I think we have a tendency to believe that there are only certain people who really are worthy of the gospel. Sometimes we do exactly the opposite, don't we? Instead of that, instead of saying it's, it's people who are worthy of the gospel, we, we say there are really only certain people who truly need the gospel. Those hurting and those hungry and those, those poor individuals. But my family member who looks and thinks like me, no, they, they're like me, they're okay. This idea of scattering seed, this idea of evangelism is to, to share the gospel with anyone and everyone. And can I tell you a secret? It's okay to practice. It's okay to tell even a lost person, I, I want to be more bold about sharing the gospel. Can I just practice on you? It's amazing what God's word would do when you just open your mouth. It's okay to internally say, I know I'm going to mess this up, but I'm going to go ahead and open my mouth and try to tell someone about God in any way that I can. It's, it's okay to, to practice. The idea is that we would scatter the seed, that we would share the gospel with everyone. You know what happens? Is the more you scatter seed, the more comfortable you are doing it. The more you share your faith, the more you realize this isn't so bad. But will you get rejected? You better believe you'll get rejected. Will it cause tension in your family? It may cause tension in your family. But will you get pushback from friends and neighbors and coworkers? Absolutely. Would you feel bad if you became a part of the church that was known for just telling everybody about Jesus? Can I tell you, there are a lot of people who don't want to be the church that scatters a seed. That weird church that all they ever do, every time you hear about someone from that church, they're sharing their faith. Well, I would love to be that weird church. Our first step in evangelism is simply this, do it. <laughs> Don't be afraid of what I might say or what I might do. Tell people what God has done in your life and share with them that they can receive the same God. I think that becomes really hard because of, of that, that second thought and this second principle we need to learn. Scattering the seed can be intimidating of not knowing what to say or, or how about this, what if I mess it up? And I think it's important that we have a trust in the Lord. Let me take a burden off of you in sharing your faith this morning. You can't mess it up. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go ahead and help you out. What if I push him further away? You can't do that. I'm going to go ahead and let you know you can't. Well, what if they ask me a question I don't know the answer to? You tell them you don't know the answer to it. You can't mess this up. 
You see this illustration with the, the farmer, right? He scatters a seed, and you might have missed this verse in verse 27. It says, he sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. Now listen to this phrase. And he knows not how. It's like he goes to sleep, he wakes up, and what do you know? It's growing on its own. All I did was throw seed out there, and now it's growing. I didn't do it. I have no clue how this just happened. You know, sharing your faith works a lot like that. Lord, I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to tell them that I'm a Christian. I'm going to tell them how Jesus saved me. And I'm going to trust that your spirit does something with that. And what do you know? As you share your faith, a CJ comes along, an Erica comes along. As you share your faith, a Chris comes along. And you didn't know they were ready to hear the gospel, but God was in control. We have this idea that we have to be, be prepped and ready. One of the things I love about how they're doing mission work out in San Francisco and how he drew it from the word of God is there was no wait to tell. It was amazing when you read the story of, say, the woman at the well. And as you read this story, Jesus is, is coming. There's a woman who comes to the well in the middle of the day, and they strike up a conversation, right? Jesus asks her for water, and she says, uh, do you know how well, deep this well is? And, and why are you asking me for water? What, isn't, it, isn't it you? Uh, shouldn't you already be able to get your own water? And he says, listen, here, here's the deal. If you knew who I was, you would be asking me because I have living water. So she gets kind of excited and, and I'm living water, eternal water. Give me this water. I won't have to come to this well anymore. Give me this perfect water. And Jesus blows her mind and starts un, re, uh, revealing things about her own life. Uh, through the process of him, him talking about her past and her history, he admits to her, I'm the Messiah. And she gets so excited, she leaves. And do you know how long it was from the time that she accepted him as Messiah to the, the time that she started talking to her village? It's a matter of like three verses. It's like in real time. She learned about the gospel and immediately, without training, without knowledge, without, without Bible study, without a deep faith, she led her entire town to Christ. As you read about this story, you read about people like the, the demoniac who was, who was healed. Remember the story where, where a boy was possessed uh, by demons and, and he was convulsing on the ground and he was foaming at the mouth and, and Jesus gets 40 demons out of this boy and they run off into a group of pigs and they fall into a, a valley and this boy is saved. What does it say he did? He went back and he told his family immediately. Like it wasn't, okay, let's get an hour and a half where you know how to do this and you know how to tell people. Let's, let's make sure you know what the Romans wrote Bible verses is. It was as simple as this. You go and you tell them. The best thing we can do is not rely on our knowledge of how to share our faith, but rely on what God has done for us. The truth is, I don't know how anybody accepts the Lord when I speak. I have no clue why anybody would listen to my message. But I sleep and I rise, I scatter the seed, night and day passes, and what do you know, the seed sprouts and grows, and I don't know how it happens. Sharing your faith doesn't have to be overly complicated. And here's the beauty of sharing your faith, is that God is the one who saves, not you. So you can't mess it up. If God is going to save an individual, they're going to come to Christ whether you get the right words or you get the wrong words. If the Holy Spirit is the one who saves people, then your words are just a tool. We must share with others what we know about the gospel 
and trust that God is going to do something with it. I think the, the last important thing we, we need to do is we need to aim for a harvest. It's so easy to, to talk about religious things and count it as evangelism. It's really simple to invite people to church and say, I shared my faith. It's great to pray for people, and we should, and think that, that that's the, the end and not the means. We see in this particular parable that Jesus tells in Mark 4, when the grain is ripe, at once he puts the sickle, because the harvest has come. You know what a sickle is? I'm not a farm boy. I'm, I'm from Miami, Florida. So, you know, I, I had to Google sickle, you know, when you start reading this and figure out what a sickle is. And you, you know why I figured out what it was, is it's, it's a thing the Grim Reaper holds. You know, it's, that's how I know what a sickle is. Oh, that's what that is. I've seen that before. Right? The sickle, though, is, let's not worry about the blade. The sickle is used for gathering, isn't it? It's for, for pulling things out. The, the things that grow, you're, you're drawing them and you're, you're trying to plug them in and help them to, to know the truth. Sometimes we aim for scattering seed and never aim for harvest. We aim for talking about God, but never the gospel. I don't know how many times, and Becky and I, the first time we went out, we knocked on some people's door and uh, we, can we pray with you? We'd love to pray with you. We prayed with them and then we were like, all right, Sounds good. Peace out. See you later. And off we go. And took a few steps like, Becky, we didn't share the gospel. <laughs> we wouldn't even ask if they wanted to know the gospel. We're not, we're not good at this yet. You know, we're practicing. We do that in our everyday life, isn't it? How, how many times have you shared the gospel this past year in 2019? Most of the time people go, well, I invited this person to church. And, and I told this person I go to church. And, oh, my actions really reflected that I'm a Christian to this person. And that's not what we're asking, is it? So you're not aiming for a harvest. There comes a point in time where you have to actually invite someone to accept the gospel. You actually have to say the words, do you want to put your faith and trust in Christ? There's all sorts of strategies you can use. Some of you have been taught Romans Road. That's wonderful. Some of you have been taught in our own evangelism training, asking spiritual questions to kind of get pointed to, to that direction. Some of you uh, that went on the trip with us have learned how to draw three circles, and I'll actually share that with you in the coming weeks. That's something really simple and effective. But can I tell you, you don't have to have a strategy. You just have to be saved. You know what your most effective strategy for sharing your faith is? Just looking at someone saying, there's a time in my life when I was, I was empty and I felt alone. But someone came and shared the message of Jesus Christ, how he wants to change my life, how he wants to save me. I accepted Christ, and since that time, oh, my life's not been perfect. But I feel God's presence in my life, and I feel His power in my life. Then you ask the question, do you have a story like that? Would you like to know how you can experience the same thing? Luke chapter 10, verse 2, gives us a, a daunting thought. Jesus looks at the people, looks at the disciples, and says, the harvest is plentiful but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. I've read this verse a hundred times, and every time I've applied it to my life in this way, Lord, we pray that you would send someone to go and share their faith. Lord, send someone else. Until I realized Jesus prayed this prayer before he sent the disciples. They were the answer to the prayer. I wonder this morning if, 
If as we sit here and think about 5,000 individuals in our own city, in our own county, who don't have a faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that are, are dying and going to hell. I wonder if we have a reality that, that Jesus is not just calling us to pray, but he's calling to send us out. To be intentional about telling others about how Jesus Christ has saved us and how he can do the same. I, for one, I, I can't begin to go back to a normal life after reading this passage, after seeing God change lives in our own church, seeing God's change lives through our missionaries. I can't go back and pray this prayer, Lord, send someone else. I hope and pray that as we, we think about these verses today, we say, Lord, how are you sending me? So the push, the encouragement, the prayer for you this morning is, are you sharing your faith? Just simply how you have a relationship with Christ. As we come to our time of invitation, many of you are thinking of people, and rightly so, who need to hear the gospel message. Pray for them during our invitation. Maybe it's a family member. Maybe it's a, a co-worker or a student that you go to school with. Maybe it's a, a neighbor of yours. Maybe it's a, a friend, a family friend. Think of that specific person and say, Lord, how can I scatter seed trusting that your spirit is preparing their hearts. Or maybe right where you're at, you're, you're listening to the story of the gospel and, and when you ask the question, do you have a story like that? You shake your head because you don't. Maybe this morning God wants to give you a story, a testimony on how he can change your life. How he can bring you out of, out of a brokenness of sin and restore you into a, a perfect fellowship with the Father. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your gospel. We thank you that, that simply your salvation is enough. Lord, strategies are great. Words and books are great. But your gospel is all that's needed. I was in sin. I met Jesus Christ. And everything changed. Lord, we pray first and foremost for uh, those who are, are questioning their own story. Lord, we pray that you would give assurance to every single person in here that they have a story of redemption and change. Lord, let us, let us embrace your gospel simply like CJ and Reuben. Let us understand the, the simple truth of, of your salvation. Let us know with certainty that we are believers. Lord, as we do, let us be reminded of your command to go. Lord, I also pray for, for the names that are on our mind. Lord, I envision that, that every single believer in here right now has a name that's popped into their head, maybe multiple names. Lord, we lift them up to you. Lord, we do pray for, for laborers to go into the harvest. But instead of praying and asking God that, that you would send someone else right now in this moment, change our hearts to ask, Lord, how will you equip and send me? Father, we thank you for your gospel and the power it is to save. We thank you that it's enough. And we pray that we would worship you for being a God who gives us this great salvation. It's in your name we pray. Amen.